This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I've been very encouraged by Andre's messages the last two weeks. We started a series called The Battlefield of the Mind two weeks ago. And I've just been evaluating my own thoughts and my own struggles over the years. And I just realized for so many years, there have been so many things happening in my mind. So many things in, in terms of confusion or intimidation, fear, anxiety, comparison. There's been so many things that happened in my mind. And I had a certain idea of who I was. I had a certain idea of what I can do and what I can't do. And by God's grace, he started to shift those things. I would have never been preaching today if God didn't start shifting those things in my mind because I was terrified of speaking in front of people. And I want to challenge you guys today to evaluate patterns or things in your life that's coming for years. Where you've made up your mind, you've made up your mind that this is who you are. But maybe it isn't. You know, the turning point in my life in, in many areas came when I realized that God is greater than my ideas about myself and my issues and my weaknesses and that he's my God and he's on my side. And I had a fresh revelation that God is able to change and to transform me into something that I never thought I could be. And, you know, even though I'm still a work in progress and I'm still fighting old lies, you know what I'm talking about? Often we, we feel we've dealt with something, but then there's an old lie and we need to fight it again. So even though that is still part of my life, I'm not the same person that I was 10 years ago, even five years ago. And I, I don't say it lightly because I can honestly evaluate my life and see things that I do today that I would never have done. Or I do it today without lying awake at night. Or I do it without fear where 10 years ago I would have not slept the, the night before, or I, I, I would have done it without boldness. And today, I just know that I'm not the same person. And that is the invitation for all of us, you know, that God gives to us. And I don't know where you guys are at this morning, but the one thing I, I'm convinced of is that God is powerful. And that He's greater than our sins, or our weaknesses, or our struggles, or our past, or our culture, or our family background. He's greater than that. And He's in the business of transformation. It's not our job to change ourselves. We can't. We can try, but it's hard work and it doesn't work. But God is in the business of transformation. And all that we need to do is to partner with him, wholeheartedly partner with him. That's the only thing that he requires of us. And I want to take you to a scripture, Romans 12, 2, that Andre touched, he touched on it as well in his previous messages. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I'm going to just focus on two words in the scripture, transformed and renewed. The, the word renew actually means to renovate. So I don't know how many of you have ever renovated a room in your, in your home or a whole house, but it's not for the faint-hearted, Right? It, it always takes longer, it always costs more 
There's dust everywhere. You might sleep in the kitchen or somewhere, you know, if you're renovating a bedroom. It is just inconvenient. And you might actually feel somewhere during the process, is this worth it? The inconvenience, is this really worth it? However, if you endure, there's an end product, which is beautiful. But it, it depends on if you endure and if you don't give up halfway. And in the same way, renewing our minds is not a quick, easy process. It's a deliberate, intentional pursuit of truth. It takes sometimes longer than what we think. And it will cost you something, but the end product is beautiful. The end product of renewing our minds is beautiful. So I want to walk you through a renovation today and compare it to renewing our minds and just show you the similarities to renovating something in your home and renewing our minds. You know, first of all, we need to identify what we want to renovate. You need to actually look at your home and say, the bathroom, that's where I'm going to start. You need to identify if you don't even see it, you won't even think about renovation. You know, Joyce Meyer says, for most of my life, I didn't think about what I was thinking about. I think most of us would, would agree. I simply thought whatever fell into my head. Much of what was in my head was either lies that Satan was telling me or just plain nonsense. Things that really were not worth spending my time thinking about. The devil was controlling my life because he was controlling my thoughts. And I think, again, when we think about renovation, when we're busy, we live in homes and we don't even notice things that need to be changed. You know, we live with windows without blinds or we live with bulbs that died like three months ago. And we, we don't notice it anymore. And I think in the same way, there's so many things in our minds, we don't even notice it anymore. Because we either think it's part of our personality, because it's been part of us for so long, or we think it's innocent or harmless, or we just never evaluate necessarily what's going on in our minds. And if we don't get to that point where we take stock of our thoughts, we wouldn't even think that there's anything that needs renovation. Right, So in the same way that you need to look at your house and you say, that needs to change, <laughs> I need to make a plan, we need to look at our thought life and do the same. So I want to give you a few pointers just to, to give you an indication of where you could possibly start because, like I say, often we think this is my personality. So you're not even going to consider renewing your mind in that area because surely this is who you are. This is how you were created. So you, you have a certain idea of who you are, and then you don't even consider renewing your mind in that area. So the one area could be a confused mind. You battle to make decisions. You battle to, to, to decide, you know, what are you going to wear. You're always, you're always in two minds. You don't know how many kids you want to have. You don't know who you're going to marry. You, you're just forever indecisive. A confused mind is an area where God wants to bring renewal. This is not who you are. God is not the author of confusion. He wants to give you a sound mind. So if you battle with confusion, then God wants to renew your mind. Critical and negative mind, you're forever just seeing the negative. No matter how hard you try to be positive, it's almost as if you are, you're drawn 
to the negative. You're drawn to, to, to being critical. God wants to renew that. Anxious and worried minds, you either worry about your own problems or you worry about other people's problems. So if there's nothing to worry about, then you find somebody else has got problems and then you worry about them. You know, like moms with their kids. You know, if you don't have anything to worry about, then you move to your kids' problems because surely that's, you know, it's important to worry about their problems. And sometimes we're just forever worrying about something. And this is not the way that God wants you to live. A wandering mind, you battle to concentrate. So you, you battle to concentrate in class or in church. Some of your minds are wandering, so you must stay with me this morning. Or maybe we, even when you have a conversation, when you speak to somebody, you kind of, your mind wonders. And then like, you know, Joyce Meyer actually shares that she had a wandering mind. So when her husband spoke to her, then she would just kind of, you know, wander off. And then she doesn't know what he said. And then she pretends that she knows. And then later she realized this is not working. So she just started, the way she actually brought her mind back, she said, I'm so sorry, honey. Uh, my mind was wondering, could you repeat what you've just said? And she deliberately taught her mind. She brought it back. A wandering mind is something that God can renew. A doubtful and an unbelieving mind. You know, typically when Andre would, would share about a miracle or when he would share about a healing, then you think, really? You know, is that really? Can you really trust this, this story or this, this word? And you're forever doubting. Or maybe you're not doubting that God can do it for other people, but you doubt that he will do it for you. So if, you, if you're battling with doubt or an unbelieving mind, this is an area where God wants to renew your mind. And then something that I think is very applicable to all areas of our mind is a passive mind. Because if we battle with passivity, you're not even going to bother to renew a confused mind because you, you kind of sit back and you don't do anything about it. You know, when I read something else that Joyce Myers says, she says, if you desire victory over your problems... If you truly want to live the resurrection life, you must have backbone and not just wishbone. <laughs> so there's something about passivity that can actually cripple us in all areas of life because you, you have a wishbone, you're very intentional, but you actually never come to a point where you, where you do it or where you complete something. You always leave something in the middle. So God wants to renew your mind, even in the area of passivity, because if you can change from being passive to being active, not running around and, you know, running the comrades or something, but to actually be intentional in doing what you say you're going to do or completing what you start, it will transform your life. So God is wanting us just to by his help, by his spirit, to identify what do we want to renovate in our minds. In the same way that you would look at your home and say, that is a thing I want to renovate. So first of all, we need to identify the area we want to renovate. Second of all, we need to have a vision or a picture. You need to, you need to go page through a magazine and say, that's the kitchen. That's the kitchen I want. I hope I'm not, you know... Giving problems now to husbands whose wife is not going to page through the magazine. But you need a picture because 
There's going to be dust, remember? There's going to be dust everywhere. And then you need to have this picture because it must motivate you to continue or the people are going to be late or they're going to work forever or, you know, it's going to cost you a lot more. You need a picture. You need something to motivate you to keep on going, right? You need a picture. So the word transformed Let's go back to Romans 12, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed comes from the word metamorphosis, which happens to a caterpillar when it's turned into a butterfly. Now, that is an incredible, incredible process. And I mean, we're all familiar with that. I suppose all of you had silkworms at a stage, or your kids had silkworms. We're all familiar with this whole process of metamorphosis, but it is incredible because it's, it's a little creature being transformed into a different creature. It's not just a little caterpillar growing, 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 becoming this big caterpillar. It actually changes into a different little species, almost. Caterpillar to butterfly. But this is the invitation. This is the invitation. This is what could possibly happen to us if we partner with God. Or I don't even want to say possibly, it will happen. But there is a if, we need to partner with God. That is the invitation for us. You know, when we're born again, we come out of that little egg, and we start crawling like that caterpillar. But God wants to give us wings to fly. He wants us to become more than just a caterpillar, more than just crawling around. You know, there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, that is the butterfly. and It's a new creation. It starts off by being a caterpillar, but it, the potential is there to have wings, to fly in all areas of life. And that is the invitation for all of us. That's God's invitation for all of us. So I want to ask you, why do you crawl if you can fly? Why would we crawl if we can fly? Because with God, nothing is impossible. And I think, you know, even in my own life, I've crawled in so many areas of my life. I've done the job, but I crawled my way through it. And it took long, and it was an effort. You know, imagine a little caterpillar from one patch of the grass to the next. It takes forever. But what if you can fly? What if you are a butterfly? You're doing the same thing so much quicker, effortless, and you're beautiful on top of it. <laughs> it is just incredible the, the transformation that is possible by the grace of God and by the help of God. And, you know, I want to encourage you, do not settle for crawling. Let's not settle for crawling. Because we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is an invitation for all of us. So we need to identify what we want to renovate. Then we need a picture. So our picture is this butterfly. Our picture is, I can become a butterfly. I can have wings. I can be beautiful. I can achieve so much more, so much quicker. That is our picture. But then we need tools, right? We need tools. How do we actually get there? Because I think so many people, they focus on the transformation process. They try to transform themselves. Instead of just 
doing what they're supposed to do. And I will, I will get to that now. But remember Andre's game plan? Let's test you if you can, if you can remember it. For those of you who've been here for the last two weeks, what do we do with our thoughts? We first, we? We check it. Okay, right. No, step number two. We? Yes. Number three? Flip it around. And then number four? Strengthen it. Right. I want to add, this is now my feminine angle, like Andre said, so wife's got a different angle on something. This is a brilliant game plan. However, what if you do not know what to stop? What if, what if you look at your thought processes and you think, should I stop this or should I continue? Because you see, if you've been exposed to a lie for too long, for you it's going to be the truth. You're not even going to think to stop it or to flip it around because for you, it's not something that needs to be stopped. It's who you are. It's, it's, I mean, if you have been told that you're a failure for a, a very long time, and there's, there's a history of failure in your life. Would, would you actually consider stopping that thought that I'm a failure? Or would you think, but surely this is who I am. You know, there's, there's a guy called Joseph Goebbels. He was Adolf Hitler, Hitler's propaganda minister in Nazi Germany. He said, a lie told once remains a lie. But a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. So if you've been told a lie from childhood that, for example, I am a failure, if you've heard it a thousand times, you might not even try to stop it anymore because for you it has become your identity. So how are we then going to stop and flip and strengthen the truth? We need to find the truth, right? We need to first discover the truth. And where do we find the truth about us? And about God in the in the Word of God. In the Word of God. So my tool for you this morning is something that you all know about. The question is whether you're using it, and the question is whether you're doing it. So my tool for you is reading, meditating, and memorizing the Word of God. You know, we we all possibly have a Bible, I would think. But it is just amazing how many days could pass and we don't even open the Word of God. You know, and then we, this is when we get confused and negative and critical and all these kind of messages and voices because there's no voice of truth that is coming against those messages. Mark 4.24 says, The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. I want to read this one again. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Let me explain this to you. You can come to church, you can hear the truth. Now the question is, do you give any thought and any study to the truth that you have heard? Or do you walk out here and you continue with life? Or when you open the Bible and you read something, do you give any thought or study to that truth? Or do you, do you just kind of let it pass and go on with life? Because the scripture says that the amount of thought and study we devote to the word of God, to the truth, will determine the, the amount of knowledge and virtue that comes back to us. 
which means you have to ponder upon it. You have to think about it. You have to make it part of your heart, your life. And coming to church is fantastic. Well done, guys, for being here. But that is just the starting point. You can hear the truth, and it can go in here, it can go out there, and then you forget it. So you need some kind of game plan to study, to memorize, to meditate, to, to make it part of your life. You know, I remember once driving past this beautiful, beautiful green. It was like a nature scene, like scenery outside, and I immediately thought about Psalm 23. But I couldn't think, I couldn't, you know, even though I've heard it so many times, it wasn't memorized. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I think that's the only part I could remember. And I, I say to myself, I have to go back to the Word and memorize the psalm. It was a moment in my life. You know, I, I wanted, I wanted to, to say it out loud because that was immediately when I saw that, when we were driving past, that was what hopped into my mind, popped into my mind. But then I couldn't remember Psalm 23. And I say to myself, I need to, I need to meditate and I need to memorize more scripture. And after that, I went and I memorized Psalm 23. And it's still in my heart to this day. So often God wants to, to bring the truth in a situation, but there's nothing because we've never spent time in thought and study. It's been a truth that it, it came and it went. So, yes, in that moment there was revelation. It, it meant a lot to us, but it never became part of who we are. This is why we need to spend, spend time thinking about it, spend time studying it. You know, and the more we do it, the more we want to do it. But unfortunately, the less we spend time in the Word, the less we want to do it, right? The less motivated we are, it's like exercise, you know? Try going for a run after six months of doing nothing. It's painful. So it, it might feel like a struggle. It might feel, oh, I'm tired, you know, just by reading two scriptures. I want to give up. Just persevere. The more you do it, the more you want to do it. We need to get fit. It's like any other discipline. We need to get fit in spending time in the Word. So have you seen how that caterpillar devoured the leaves? It's like... It, 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 it's all that it does. It's all that it needs to do. You know, sometimes we're so focused on, I need to change, I need to change, I need to change, but that's God's job. The caterpillar doesn't need to worry about becoming a, a butterfly. It's not his job, but he must eat. If he doesn't eat, he's going to die. You know, and sometimes we're so focused on change. I need to change. I need to change. And I struggle and I can't. And I... But we forget that all we need to do is eat the truth. We need to fill our minds with the truth. Leave the transformation in God's hands. We cannot change ourselves. You cannot change your husband. You cannot change your wife. You cannot change yourself. You cannot change your friend or your child or your mother or your mother-in-law. You can't change them. We need to fill our minds with the truth, and we need to trust God that He will bring transformation, and He will. He will. So I want to give you a few ideas, practical ideas, of how you can spend more time in the Word. Are you ready? Because I know some of you don't read, ever. 
So now I expect you, Sonica, now you expect me to read the Bible. I don't read. I don't read. So how do you expect me to read the Bible? There's things like audio Bibles. And I want to introduce you to a very, very cool audio Bible called Word of Promise. It is a little bit pricey. So it's not for free. But this is an incredible, incredible tool. They used a cost of over 600 actors to record this audio Bible. There's sound effects and there's different voices and there's, you know, it's, it's amazing. You get to know Jesus' voice and then you get to know the Apostle Paul voice, Paul's voice. And it's, it is just amazing. You get into the characters. And this is a brilliant, brilliant tool. If, you dri if you're driving, driving a lot, you travel a lot, you can put it in your ears and you can feed on the Word of God, you know, where you maybe would, would just have done nothing in that time. It is amazing. So for those of you who want to give it a try, check it out. Then there's a version Bible app. Maybe most of you might be familiar with it, but some of you might not. This one is for free. You can download it onto your smartphone. It is, you can actually, there's an audio Bible on that as well. It's not as fancy as the Word of Promise with 600 actors, but there's also an audio Bible available. You can compare scripture. You know, one of my favorite things is to take one scripture, and when you highlight it and you tap compare, you can compare it in six or seven or eight different translations. And it, it will take you two minutes to do it, and all of a sudden an old scripture is new. It's fresh because you're now reading in a couple of different translations. It's it's a really, really fantastic tool. There's Bible plans that you can download, like a plan on hope or a plan on joy, or you can say, listen, I'm going to read the book of Genesis in the next month. There's so many different options. You version Bible app. Please check it out. It is available when you stand in the queue at Pick and Pay and you are frustrated, okay, because nothing is moving. Take out your U version Bible app and then... Read a few scriptures. What about that? Don't say that I don't add value to your life, okay? And then the Bible that you read can also make a massive difference. I always had an Afrikaans Bible. And then I had a very simple NIV English Bible. It was my first English Bible. Then I got myself the Spirit-filled Life Bible. It changed my life. Because there are sections in there called Word Wealth and kingdom dynamics that explains concepts and it explains words. And, you know, I learned so much by just reading the Spirit-filled Life Bible. You can find it at Kumbooks. It will be one of the nicest Bibles you've ever had and a massive investment in your life. So I, I travel my Bible with me. You know, I, I know many of you might, you know, like the Vision Bible app, you read your Bible on you know, on a tablet or a phone nowadays, I like my Bible. I travel my Bible with me. It's my friend. You know, I have a highlighter. I travel my highlighter and my pen with me because holiday time is time when I have extra time to read the Bible. And then sometimes I catch up on, you know, when there's a week or two or a, even a season where I didn't get into the Word as much as I wanted to. And I say, there's a holiday coming and I'm packing my Bible. And I'm excited about it because I have so many good memories of my highlighter and my pen and my Bible. And, you know, sometimes for those of you who spend 
who's had a Bible for a while, sometimes, you know, there's a scripture in Isaiah, and I don't know exactly where it is, but I know it's highlighted in green, and it's top left page, and I will find it, because I need it right now, and, you know, my Bible has become, for me, a familiar friend. It has become something that I, I don't go without my Bible on holiday, because it adds to my holiday, and it adds to my life, you know, and something you can also consider is to to literally find a friend and say, listen, let's work through the New Testament together or let's work through the book of Genesis together or let's do a plan on joy. Let's both, we both need joy, so let's subscribe to this plan on, on, on the Version app. Let's work it together and then we have a coffee and then we discuss it. You know, Stephen Montgomery, he launched an initiative to how many of you maybe joined or know about it. But I thought to myself, listen, this is, this is quite a commitment, but I have time. <laughs> I mean, where can I go? What can I do? So I decided let's sign up for it, and then my son and I did it together. He's 11. So he would jump in bed in the morning with me, and then he puts on the audio Bible, the Word of Promise audio Bible, and then I get my spiritual life Bible and my highlighter and my pen, and we did it together. It was amazing. And we actually finished it. I'm so proud of myself. There's many plants I didn't finish in my life. So I, um, I, I just realized with this one, I had a friend, which was my son. And we kind of kept one another accountable because he will, he will come in the morning and say, okay, mommy, when are we starting? You know? So when, when I'm not in the mood, he was encouraging me. And when he was not in the mood, I'm saying, Vian, let's start. It made a massive difference. And it was audio for him. And I had my Bible and, like I say, my highlighter and my pen. We had so many glorious discussions. He had questions. and You know, we could discuss things. It was really good quality time with my child and with my other friend, my Bible. So I just want to encourage you, be creative. Be creative. You know, often we, we fall into a pattern of, oh, I must have my quiet time. I don't know where to start. I feel very disconnected from God. And then you kind of just leave it because it, you, you don't know where to start. Go for a walk. You know, put your audio Bible in your ears. Go for a walk. If you can't sit still and read your Bible, be creative. But do whatever it takes to eat the Word. Otherwise, you're going to die. Leave the transformation from caterpillar to butterfly in God's hands. But we need to fill our minds with the truth. Amen? And then we can't stop there. We need to declare the truth. Now, I always say that's Andre's specialty because he taught me to make declarations of myself. I remember even when we were dating, now he told me, I must, Sonica, say, I am beautiful. I was like, no ways. I'm not saying that. Now he say, no, you must say it. I am beautiful. And I said, Leave me alone. I'm not saying it. Now I'm like, I'm beautiful and I'm powerful and I'm awesome and I'm anointed. Are, are you happy now? Can we move on? <laughs> he taught me to just make bold declarations whether you are completely believing it or not. You say, see, that is the problem. Sometimes we don't declare things over our lives because it doesn't sit right with us. It, it doesn't feel like the truth. But that is exactly when you need to persevere and when you need to say it ten times until it stirs something in your heart 
and the truth that's found in the Bible becomes part of you. And it changes. That is where transformation starts. So Andre has written this book, Increasing Heaven's Flying 40 Days. It, he might as well call it Renewing Your Mind in 40 Days. So I know some of you have it. I want to encourage you to dust it off. You know, there's amazing declarations in here. Every day has got a few declarations where you can declare the truth over your life because sometimes we need help. Where do I start? What do I say? Is this declaration right? You know, and then you doubt. But this will be a great tool. So if you have it and it's kind of on the shelf somewhere, you've forgotten about it, dust it off. Give yourself 40 days and say, let's focus on declaring and studying the truth and leave the transformation in God's hands. Amen? I want to show you a powerful, powerful testimony by a guy called Alec Bevere. He is one of the sons of John and Lisa Bevere. They've written many books. They are international speakers, authors. They have a ministry called Messenger International. Alec is one of their four sons. And he was, since a very young age, a little bit of a troublemaker, not focused, you know, identified with, or um, he had a lot of special conditions that people diagnosed him with. And, you know, he was undisciplined and they didn't know what to do with him. You know, Lisa shares how, how, you know, she would get a phone call from the principal and then she would start apologizing before he says anything because she just knew that's about her son, Alec. And for them, it was very difficult because they are... These, these Christian people, you know, this very high-profile family, and all their sons were achievers and, you know, focused, disciplined boys, and now they have Alec. And they really battled, you know, they really battled with him. He battled with himself, and they didn't know what to do. So I want you to listen to his story. I'm just going to play you six minutes. You can find the whole thing on, on YouTube. But at a certain point in his life, he started embracing exactly what I shared with you now. He started embracing the Word of God, and he started embracing declaring the truth over himself. And the result was transformational. So let's watch. School. But in middle school, I started getting farther and farther and farther behind. And the school started to realize that, wait a minute, there's some things that aren't really right with this guy. Um, he actually is certified special needs. We actually need to start putting him in special needs classes. And it continued, and it started at the beginning of middle school, and it got worse and worse and worse. And I got into high school, and I literally could not read, and I could not write. I couldn't understand anything. And so the school was like, okay, this kid has got some issues. Let's find out what's going on. So the school actually hired a specialist in high school to come out and study me. This man, he spent like three days with me, and he started doing like every test that you can think of to make sure and find out what's going on with this student. So he did all these different tests, and after three days, my mother and myself were in a meeting with this man, and he slid over a folder to us, a relatively big folder, and he's like, this is what's going on with your son. And he's like, all right, so this is his IQ, and his IQ is extremely low, extremely low in all these areas, and then not only that, he has this learning disability, he is dyslexic, he's ADD, um, he has a, a disability that makes it so that it takes him 10 to 20 times longer than anybody else to understand what's going on. So what happens is as a teacher, they'll say something, 
and then I'll hear it and it'll try to register in my mind and it'll take me 20 times longer than anybody else to register it. So by the time that the teacher is able to move on and go to the next point, I'm still on the last point and then I feel lost and behind and then so it, it doesn't work. And then not only that, phonics is like um, I, I, this, uh, this other weird thing that phonics is just don't work. They're always backwards to me. I mean, that's part of the d- dyslexia, but, but it was another type thing. She took this home to my dad and she's like, all right, we got an issue here. We got to figure this out. And they came to me and they said, hey, Alec, here's the thing. This guy, he did all these tests on you today. And he came back and he told you what's wrong with you. And so here's the thing. Your whole life, your teachers have said that you're one thing. And then your parents, us, we said that you're another thing. Your brothers have said that you're another thing. Your friends, they make fun of you. Alec, who does God say you are? When they asked me that, it took me back. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. Like, I actually don't know, but I know where to find it. And I'm guessing you guys all know where to find what God says about us. It's in the Bible, right? So God, he put me on this great journey of reading the Bible. But the problem is, is, as you guys know, I couldn't read, right? So how do you read the Bible that you can't read? So what I decided to do is I was like, wait a minute, my dad and mom, the internationally known speakers, people send them sermons all the time. So what I can do is I can just go and I can take some of these sermons and I can just start listening to them myself. And I would start to listen to my parents and I'd start to listen to all these different ministers and I'd open up the Bible and try to figure out what book they were talking out of. And then I'd highlight the scriptures that they were talking about, right? There was one minister who was talking out of Proverbs and there's a scripture in Proverbs and it's as a man thinks, so he is. But when my parents came to me, they said, Alec, your teachers say you're one way. Your friends, we, and your brothers all say you're something. But what does God say about you, right? Who is the one person that they left out of there? Me. And I realized something very profound and very important that I actually wasn't thinking the right way about me. That I never saw myself as anything more. I never saw myself that I could actually be something different, that I could actually become something different, that I could actually be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And so it really hit me. And I was like, you know what? What I'm going to do now is instead of just listening to these ministers and highlighting things, every time I highlight something that's a promise, every time I highlight something that's powerful and potent, I'm going to say that that's me. So, So I would be reading something in Proverbs and be like, It'd say that, you know, the wise man and say the man that wasn't smart, but I'd be like, no, 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 I'm the wise man. And then like, and then in the book of Matthews, whenever Jesus is talking, and he's saying different stuff to different people and he's saying stuff to Peter and all these different things. I'm like, oh, whenever Peter says that he's the rock, I'm the rock. So what I decided to do is why don't I now start just constantly going through these things, constantly saying these things over my life. What if I started to constantly just say, you know what, that I am these things, that I'm above and not beneath, that, I, that I'm the head and I'm not the tail, that, that I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to start to say these things. And I'm, you guys are clapping right now, but here's the thing. I actually felt like an idiot um, when, when I was saying these things. I was like, oh, I mean, I'm saying it. I'm not really sure I believe it, but I need to believe it. I know I need to believe it because I can't trust my own mind anymore. Like I just said, I know that my mind's been skewed. I've heard things from other people my whole life. I don't want to hear from other people anymore. I, want, and I don't want to hear from myself. I want to hear from God. Yeah. So guys, I started saying these things, and about a month later, I kid you not, only a month, Something started happening. I just, classes started making sense to me. Like I was in class 
And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of understanding this. And I went home, and I was able to do the homework assignment. And that semester, I actually rose in my GPA by, like, 0.5. It was huge for me. I was like, wow, this is incredible. But really, like, this confidence just kind of kept rising. I kept saying these things. I kept believing these things that God had spoken to me. So I kept saying it. I kept saying it. So what happened was, was then I actually got on the merit honors roll. And then after that, I actually got on the honors roll. And then after that, the school actually came to me and was like, hey, Alec, um, this is kind of weird, but could you actually start teaching our students? Could you actually start becoming a peer counselor for our students? And I was like, um, okay, sure. And so, so, so the school that literally was like, something's wrong with you. We need to order someone out here to find out what is wrong with you is now like, there's something right with you and we need you to start teaching other people, right? Incredible, right? This is so encouraging because how many of us have been diagnosed or our children have been diagnosed with something and he had multiple issues, right? I mean, he's just talking about the, the learning disabilities now, but there's been other things, undisciplined and, you know, he's just been in trouble all the time and God started transforming him. But what if, what if he didn't start spending time in the Word? What if he didn't start making the declarations over himself? What if? Maybe he would have been an adult today and just saying, this is who I am. I have a thick file from somebody who studied me at school. This is who I am. You know, and I think sometimes we settle. We settle for things in our lives because somebody said, this is who you are. Or we, we settle for things because there's been a pattern in our lives and we tried to turn it around, but we couldn't. And now we, we've, we've given up. But today, this, this boy is part of Messenger International's creative team. So we've shown videos that he made in the past in church. He is a creative. So surely, yes, he's different than his brothers. But God wanted to use him powerfully, and he is now using him powerfully. But I really believe there's been so many voices that wanted to shut him down. There's been so many voices and so many lies that wanted to keep him from walking in his calling and in his destiny. So what if he settled for all the lies? What if he settled for the conditions that he had? What if he just said, this is who I am? You know? So I want to I want to encourage you to endure. This is the fourth thing I want to I want to talk about. So we need to identify what we want to renovate. We need to get a picture or a vision or a something to motivate us. Then we need to get tools. I mean, Andre has given you awesome tools last week, and ultimately, it's not about one or two tools, but the two I want to give you today is the Word of God that is living and powerful, and. Not only reading it, but declaring it and making it part of us, part of me. It's not just for other people. It's not just Peter in the Bible is the rock. No, I'm the rock. You know, I am I'm God's holy nation, his own special people. So a royal priesthood. You know, I am whatever is written in the Bible, it's applicable to me and to you. You know, and I want to encourage you to endure and not to quit until you see transformation in your life. But not to focus on the transformation, but to focus on feeding on the truth. Remember that caterpillar? I want you to remember the caterpillar 
Get yourself silkworms again and see how they eat. You need to find leaves every second day. You know, you need to get new fresh leaves for these little, little caterpillars because they just keep eating. Because if they don't, they will not survive. They will, there's no chance for them to become a caterpillar if they don't eat. And that's the only thing we need to do. We need to feed off the Word of God. Leave the transformation in His hands. He's faithful, and He will do it. You see, I, I crawled for so many years in so many areas of my life, like I said. I got the job done, but it was an effort. And I did it with fear and with low self-esteem and not with a lot of confidence. And it wasn't nice. It's not a victorious living. And then God started transforming me in so many areas. And if He can do it for me, He can do it for you. I want to read to you just a few things it's in the conclusion of my first book where, where I just said, if God could set me free from insomnia, if he could restore my heart after relentless disappointments, if he could give me the grace to be content, empower me to be obedient, show me how to fight the lies of the enemy, if he could provide me with boldness and confidence, if he could reveal to me how great he is and help me to face my fears and remove my shame, if he could restore my heart from offenses, set me free of comparing myself to others and so many other things. You know, if God could do this for me, he can do it for you. And yes, like I said, I'm still a work in progress. And God is still working in me. And he will still be working in me. You know, until Jesus comes back, God will transform me. But I'm not where I was. And I think often we just need to take a step back and say, yo, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I'm not where I was. But you have to be able to say that at least, because that's God's commitment towards you. He doesn't only save you, He restores you and He transforms you. So salvation isn't just being born again into the kingdom of light and now your name is written in the book of life. There's so much more to it. It's transformation. It's a new life. It's a, you, you are being transformed into a new creation, literally like a caterpillar into a butterfly. And that is the invitation. That is the invitation. I want to encourage you not to give up. Not to give up. Even if you've been battling with things for 50 years, God can transform you. God can turn it around. But let's feed on the word and let's fill our mind with the truth. Amen? So what is your plan? I want you to think about it. Because like I said, you can, you can hear something this morning, which is awesome. So well done for being here. It's a very good start. But the question is, what's going to happen when you get home? Are you going to forget? Are you going to forget things that I said? Or are you going to say, listen... It's overwhelming, and I don't know where to start, but I'm going to at least apply something. I'm going to at least take one step in the right direction. All of us can do that. And like I say, leave the transformation to God. Leave the big things to God. But you can open up your Bible, or you can put an audio Bible in your ears, or you can make one declaration. Like I say, dust off Andre's book. Most of you have it. Dust it off. The first five days in his book is transformational. Every time I read it, I think, wow, this is good stuff. Because it will renew your mind, and it will move you closer to 
flying instead of crawling. Amen? Why crawl if we can fly? Amen. So let's stand with me. I want us to do a declaration together. Just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I'm going to read it once, and then I'm going to ask you to join me. All right? So let's go. God, I thank you that you've not given me a spirit of fear, but you've given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right? We often focus on the power and the love, but God doesn't only promise us power and love. He says, I'm going to give you a sound mind. A sound mind. I'm not a victim of my circumstances, but I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. I am well able to overcome. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I take authority over every lie, every confusion, every spirit of negativity and unbelief, every fear, every worry in Jesus' name. And I also take authority over the spirit of passivity in Jesus' name. And I declare that I will get up and I will fight the good fight of faith. My mind will be renewed and I will overcome in Jesus' name. Okay, so you guys ready? Let's do this together. God, I thank you that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but you've given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm not a victim of my circumstances, but I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. I am well able to overcome. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I take authority over every lie, every confusion, every spirit of negativity and unbelief, every fear and worry in Jesus' name. I also take authority over the spirit of passivity and I declare that I will get up and I will fight the good fight of faith. My mind will be renewed and I will overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You can do this. You can do this. You can take a scripture. You can say, God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There's so many beautiful scriptures. It will add to your life. Spending time in the Word will add to your life. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.